the next few minutes, we are going to talk about the things that hold us captive, the things that bind us, the things that make us feel like we are imprisoned. And so we're going to talk about those things for a little while. That's actually the, the word sin. Those things keep us from missing the mark of God's love. And you know what? What is different? What is a sin for you? perhaps is different from me. Now, God gave us some pretty big guiding principles, gave the Israelites some guiding principles called the Ten Commandments. We're going to look at those in a little while. Uh, One of the things that we can go awry with the Ten Commandments is not understanding the context in which they were given and the people and the the earth-shattering experience in which they were given. So we're actually going to talk about that this morning. We're going to look at those Ten Commandments, and then we're going to understand that the two commandments that Jesus gave, because there's like 600 plus in the Hebrew scripture, Jesus came and and they wanted to ask him about the law and what the law meant and what about all those laws and which one is the greatest. And he said, look, it's, it's actually, uh, there's, there's two. You love God, which God is love. So you love love. With all that you are, all of your being, you love love. You love God. And then you love each other as you love yourself. Now, it sounds pretty simple when we say it like that, but actually it's so complicated and so difficult. For one thing, it's hard for us sometimes to love ourselves. It's certainly hard for us always to love each other. And, and sometimes we just we struggle with loving God. The things that get in the way of us doing those three, three things, loving ourselves, loving one another, and loving God, that's what sin is, missing the mark. But I don't want us to think about it in such a broad term this morning. I want us to actually think about it, you know, literally. And I want you to think about it, too. And, and we're going to give you a, some time in a few minutes to reflect on what sins, what things are holding you captive, what are... What are some things that are keeping you imprisoned in your soul? So I had someone volunteer this morning when I was talking about what we were going to do. I was going to ask him to volunteer, but then he went ahead and volunteered. So Dave, if you'll come up this morning, and you're really lucky that he volunteered because I was literally going to pick someone from out there, but Dave's going to come up. Oh, you're already here. See, you are Johnny on the spot. And you know what? Since you're already here, I'm just going to let you do this. Go on and pick up a 25-pound weight and just come stand in the little limelight here. So... Dave is going to represent the things that hold us captive, that bind us in our lives, bind us so tightly that we can't experience love and life. So he has a 25-pound weight here. He's going to hold it, and this weight represents finances. Our finances, if you're an adult, finances can be very binding, We end up, you know, diving deep, deep, deeper into our careers, trying to make money and make more money and save money. And and we worry about our finances. We worry about our debt. We worry about our paychecks. and, And we get so wrapped up around things that have to do with money. If we aren't careful, they bind us and they hold us captive and they make us be very heavy. So, Dave... Congratulations, you've got one. Now, the next thing that I want Dave to do is go pick up the other 25-pound weight. This one represents self-esteem. Our self-esteem 
binds us and holds us captive. We compare ourselves to each other. And, you know, we have this habit on social media of always putting out there our best selves. So if we aren't careful, careful, our image, our self-esteem, it holds us captive and it binds us. Now, I'm going to put this chain around his neck. I'm going to give you a nice necklace. There you go. It's like a little scarf. This is negativity. We end up being held captive by negativity so very much. Negativity, and and it ties into the self-esteem, but if we aren't careful, we start being cynical in the way that we look at life and the way that we look at loving one another. We think the glass is always half empty instead of half full. We become self-absorbed in our negativity. So it's heavy, and it binds us. So Dave, I want you to turn around. Now. I'm sorry, I don't crawl well. What are things that are binding you in your life? Because you're laughing, probably because I look like an idiot. But, guess what? This is real. We all have things that are sticky. Our relationships are sticky. The way that we cling to them. Relationships that have hurt us, that we can't let go of. Death the loss of loved ones in our lives, the sadness that comes with that and the feelings of despair and lack of hope, fearing losing a relationship, knowing that it's getting ready to come to an end or maybe it's a toxic relationship and it needs to come to an end. The duct tape was on purpose. Because if I asked Dave to move, which I'm not going to because I don't want him to do a face plant. But if I wanted Dave to walk off the stage, he would have a hard time doing so. I'm using this visual image today on purpose. We all have things that are heavy, that hold us captive, that we need to break free from. There is a pattern throughout scripture, throughout the Hebrew scriptures, throughout the New Testament scriptures. The pattern is we become enslaved to things and people in our lives. We lose our connection to God and love just like the Israelites did. God intervenes, God sets us free, and then we just end up encapsulated and held captive and in bondage again. So I've asked the team to come and do another song this morning. And you got a piece of paper. 
when you came this morning. Today's a little different at West. It's not all me talking. It's you doing some self-exploration. And I've asked Dave to stand here as long as he can, being held captive and feeling the heaviness of the things that get in the way. On the paper that you have, there are some questions. What is so heavy that you're growing weary? What is so sticky that you can't break free? What thoughts are getting in the way of your happiness? And what chains do you need to break free from? Spend some time either answering those or thinking about them and praying about them.
So in just a second, you're going to see a clip from the Chronicles of Narnia, and it is when Aslan breaks free. Now, hopefully, in the next five to ten minutes, you'll have some answers about how to break free from the things that hold us captive. Halfway through the song, I took away one weight from Dave, but that didn't really help alleviate all of the pain and the stuff he's carrying. God wants us to break free from all of it and experience the freedom that comes with life. Take a look. Go. So cold. 
Saslan. What have they done? Sacrifice. She might have interpreted the deep magic differently. That when a willing victim who has committed no treachery is killed in a traitor's stead, the stone table will crack. And even death itself would turn backwards. We sent the news that you were dead. Peter and Edmund will have gone to war. We have to help them. We will, dear one. But not alone. Climb on my back. We have far to go, and little time to get there. And you may want to cover your ears. Sometimes in our lives it feels like we have so far to go before we can break free from the things that hold us captive. There were a group of people, historically, I mean, it's real. There were a group of people that felt that way. They were descendants of this man named Abraham who had heard this call from God to leave everything that he knew to be safe and go into the promised land, the holy land. What we know of now is the holy land. God promised Abraham, you were going to be a father of many, many nations. And Abraham listened. He left the things that were safe and familiar to him, and he followed God. Years later, the group of people, his descendants, the Israelites, they found themselves in harm's way. They were suffering under the oppressive rule of the Egyptians. They were slaves. They were in bondage. And a leader emerged amongst them. A leader who didn't feel qualified to lead, a leader who had a bit of a speech impediment, a leader who had a really icky past. He had committed murder, and God called him. And God said, Moses, you're the man, you're my man. I want you to come. I want you to follow me. And you're going to be the one that leads my people to be free from captivity. Moses argued, we all argue, right? Whether we like to admit it or not, the things that hold us captive, the things that keep us imprisoned, imprisoned in our soul, those things sometimes feel very safe and easy. We fear the unknown. So if we've been held in captivity and bondage with things in our life for so long, it's intimidating to think about breaking free. Sometimes our sadness is an easier place to be because we know it. 
If we've gone through the the loss of of a loved one and we find ourselves encapsulated in grief, you know, if we become familiar enough with that grief, sometimes it's just easier to stay there. If we have toxic relationships in our lives, it's easier sometimes to stay there than face the unknown of breaking free. Fear is typically at the root of all of our things that hold us bondage and imprisoned and in captivity. Fear. Over and over throughout scripture and in, in the resurrection story, regardless of which one you read, Jesus says or the angel says, people say over and over again, don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. God will and God can set us free. So back to the Israelites. They had been in in slavery and Moses hears God's call after some wrestling and debating with God. He decides that, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. And so he does what God says and, and it's an epic story of how God empowers us to use the gifts that we've been given, even though we may not see them, to not only lead ourselves to break free, but also have an impact on those around us. Moses does. He, in one final act, leads the people out of Egypt. They come up to this Red Sea, and it's standing in the way of them getting to the other side. That's another theme throughout scripture, getting to the other side. Jesus, at the Sea of Galilee, he would say to the disciples, we need to go, it's time for me to go away, I need to get to the other side. Usually he would say that when he was weary after teaching. Even Jesus had things that held him captive and in, in bondage. But he knew the answer. And it was found in his trust and his faith and his God. That same trust and that same faith is here for us today. So Moses leads the Israelites up to the Red Sea and there they are. Again, helpless. And God intervenes. They cross the Red Sea, they go to the other side, and then they find themselves in this place called the wilderness. For 30 years after they make it through the Red Sea, they find themselves in the wilderness and and being held captive in, in their fear of never having enough. That goes back to one of the weights and the chains and the tape that Dave had around him. That fear of not measuring up, that fear of not having enough. Would God provide for them? It's a beautiful story in Exodus. And so God gives them just enough. They don't have this abundance. In fact, God tells them, hey, don't store it up. 
Just take just what you need. And the lesson from that is if we will trust God to release us from the things that hold us captive, God will always provide for us. It may not be what we want. It may not be what we think we need. But if we will trust God to break free from the things that hold us captive and hold us in our chains, God will always provide for us just enough so that we can be free. We just get so wrapped up in ourselves and in our fears we don't trust God enough to let God do that for us so that's what the message and the theme today is all about this pattern that we have in life of getting wound up really tight with stuff and things and people and needing to be set free And realizing that if we'll take some action on our parts, love, God, is the ultimate answer to how we can break free. Hear these words from Exodus. All the people experiencing the thunder and the lightning, the trumpet blast and the smoking mountain, they were afraid They pulled back and they stood at a distance and they said to Moses, you speak to us, Moses, and we'll listen, but please don't have God speak to us or we'll die. Moses spoke to the people, don't be afraid. God has come to test you and instill a deep and reverent awe within you so that you won't sin. The people kept their distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. And then God gave Moses and the people some guidelines, some rules, some laws, some commandments by which to live. I would challenge us if we find ourselves being held captive by any of the things we've mentioned today, Think about these for a few minutes. Let's look at them. Have no other gods, only God. Think about that. Having no other gods before us, not money, not uh, trying to compete with our neighbors, not having a bigger house than our neighbor, not worshiping the Panthers or worshiping a sports team, but really revering God. And remember, we say that God is love. So not having anything in our lives in front of love, but love. Have no idols. Next. Don't use the name of God in curses or silly banter. Observe the Sabbath. Let's pause there for just a second. So many times the things that hold us captive in our lives are our exhaustion. And trying to just live in this rat race called life whether we have a career or whether we're in school and whether we're in 10,000 sports and extracurricular activities so that we can have a great college application or a great resume, uh, whatever it is, we get so wound up in trying to live that we end up not really living. 
and we end up exhausted. Honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy. What that means in today's context is finding a time and a space to not be driven by the things and the situations and experiences of life and connecting with the divine, connecting with God and connecting with love. Honor our father and mother. Don't murder anyone. I would say not just literally, but mentally as well, or with our words. No adultery, no stealing, no lies about our neighbor, and no lusting after our neighbor's life. People or things. We don't have time to dig into each of those this morning, but they're powerful principles that we can live our lives by. If we do, if we will honor those things and go back to what Jesus said, here are the two greatest commandments of all. Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we will do those things, we will find that we are released from the things that hold us captive and hold us in bondage. And we will experience life that is far richer and more beautiful than anything we've ever imagined. There's another clip in the Chronicles of Narnia. And throughout this movie, you know, there's this witch, and, and she's the winter witch. And when she walks around, it becomes everything becomes frozen. But then when Aslan comes, things begin to thaw. The word for Easter is spring. We can experience the beauty of spring, of newness, of new life, of breaking free. If we'll follow the one who came and showed us ultimately how to do that. It boils down to sacrifice. And it also boils down to us asking the questions of ourselves. Are we willing to break free from the things that hold us in captivity? Take a look at this clip. Don't worry. We'll see him again. In time. One day he'll be here, and the next he won't. But you mustn't press him. After all, he's not a tame lion. No. But he is good. You need it more than I do. Following Jesus is not easy. If we were to keep those Ten Commandments and keep the two great laws that Jesus talked about, it's anything but easy. 
But we don't have to be afraid of living into those. The beautiful life that comes from being free, it transforms everything. You know one really cool thing about that uh, Hebrew scripture story, the Israelites and the people? God didn't wait till they had all their stuff at least sort of figured out before God intervened. God intervened when they were in the middle of their doubt and their questioning. I mean, God had already set them free multiple times, had rescued them, even when they were utterly helpless. And they just kept forgetting about this awesome power that comes with following and loving and worshiping God. Yet God intervened again and again and again. And ultimately, as we know in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, God intervened in the ultimate beautiful way. God isn't necessarily a safe God. But God is a good God. And we each have the opportunity to break free if we'll put our trust and our faith in God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we know that we all have stuff, our sin, our chains, our weights that hold us in bondage. God, reveal to us how we can stand and be free from those things, how we can trust you and love you and know that we don't have to be afraid of the uncertainty of the future that you provide for us a life that is rich and full and free. We offer our prayers to you in Christ's name. Amen. So today feels heavy, right? Like talking about our sin, talking about the things that get in the way of us experiencing the fullness and the, the freedom in God's love. I wanted to bring just a little bit of levity to the situation. As you leave today, I hope you take your paper. I hope you go and you think about the things that we need to be set free from. And may you, this week, only be bound by cheese. (laughs) Now, really, if you don't get this, I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, what does she mean? For real, chains are heavy. They're very heavy. And we're walking the way to the cross. And the cross was heavy. But Jesus never turned back and never turned away. And because of that, we have been given the power to break free from all things. Go and be free. In the name of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.